Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling Tea. Today's episode, it is my pleasure to have on Jonathan Alzheimer, history teacher from the Fred Lynn Middle School, author of Next Level Teaching. And as you know, with this season, when I have on an author, that means it's a free book giveaway. Tag someone who you think would benefit from this episode. Tag me in the post, and I will draw a name at the end of the day on Friday, and I will announce the winner. And both, both people, the taggy and the tagger, will get a copy of Next Level Teaching. There's the bell. Time for class. Education Nation, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. We have on an incredible guest today, uh, Jonathan Alzheimer. He is a teacher at the Fred Lynn Middle School and is the author of Next Level Teaching. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, we're doing great today. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk about education, man. And as I always say, if you can't get hyped and and stuff about talking education. I don't know what you get hyped about. Well, absolutely. So and just to let like, uh, listeners know kind of how we got connected. Uh, I don't even know if you remember, probably not because it was real quick, but I came and observed your principal, Principal Brewer, a couple years back, the skateboarding principal, uh, did some hours for grad school, and he was very open to let me come to uh, his building and introduce himself to the family. And I remember walking into your classroom, and you were doing this really cool review game, which is probably normal for you. And we leave the room and he's like, you want to be a principal, right? And I was like, I do. He's like, this is the type of teacher you need in your building. He's like, there's far and few of them out there, but you got to try to get at least one. So I'm pumped to have you on the podcast, man. (laughs) Well, first of all, I got a shout out to Hamish Brewer for giving me such a nice little compliment there without me knowing about it, man. I, yeah, man, like we have, we have a lot of wonderful people that come visit our school and check things out. And I'm blessed to work with some amazing, um, amazing teachers and amazing school leaders and of course you can't you can't do anything but tip your hat to Hamish Brewer and what he's done um at Fredlin Middle School and in the other school he's in you know Aquan and everywhere he's ever gone and and all the good stuff man so I appreciate him shooting me shoot me a little shout out there and uh yeah dude I love it so appreciate you again once again having me on and it's kind of neat to it's kind of neat to know that we've uh we've met once upon a time and you got to see the uh the real deal you know what I mean so that's that's the tough thing when you're talking education with a lot of people, man. You wonder, you know, you wonder what's legit and what's real, and you know what's a facade. And when you kind of sneak into a classroom for a couple minutes and get a, get a chance to take a quick look, then you got to you got to see the real deal, you know. Well, and I, I want people to know, and you know, I tell this to everyone when I talk about that memory. It's it's whatever you see on YouTube is not a front. That that's what's happening in the building. Those kids are incredible. You know, the staff was very open arms to me, and I I just love the full day I got to spend there. So, um, well, do me a yeah, awesome, man. I yeah, absolutely. It. Well, hey, do me a quick favor and introduce yourself to um, the audience out there. Absolutely. So, uh, of course, name's Jonathan Alshimer, teacher at D. Fred Lynn Middle School. Um, uh, luckily, lucky enough to be a keynote speaker. Uh, was going to be international keynote speaker until you know, unfortunately, the coronavirus hit mm-hmm. and it kind of canceled some of my plans to go. Sp- I had a week long tour to go speak in Australia. Oh but, wow! Um, yeah, man, that was a that was a dream come true. I was gonna you know, enjoy that opportunity. And, uh, but yeah, keynote speaker and, um, author of next level teaching. I've been a teacher for, I think 12 years now and, uh, all at title one schools. And, um, I enjoy every minute of it. I love working in the classroom. You know, I got my, I got my second master's degree in educational leadership and everybody keeps asking me when you leave in the classroom, when you leave in the classroom, when are you going to speak, you know, 
full time or when you're going to be principal. And I, and I always answer that with, a, I have no idea. I love what I do. I love teaching. It's a challenge. I'm not going to sit here and tell, you know, uh, fairy tales and say it's not hard and that it's easy every day and that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, I love it. I love connecting with good families, good parents, good kids. And I just enjoy the interactions and I enjoy, you know, as you saw, I enjoy the smiles and the laughter that takes place mm-hmm. in the classroom like no other. So I'm blessed to be a teacher. I'm blessed to also be a speaker. I'm blessed to also be an author and, you know, meet so many amazing people. So I'm just, a, I'm just that guy who puts himself out there and, 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 and just kind of enjoys meeting people and doing things and talking education, man. I just love it all. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to have you on, like I said before, and, and you bring the fire to education. I mean, <laughs> you, you listen to your stuff, you see your YouTube videos, and we're going to get to some of the things in a little while. But, you know, it's like, man, you know, I read your next level teaching and it was during COVID. It was like the middle of May. And I was like, I just want the next school year to start. Like, I don't even care about summer. I want to bring it next year. Yeah. Um, and just so you know a little bit about me, I, my goal is administration. And everyone's like, oh, you got to be happy to leave the classroom. And it's like, no, I don't want to leave the classroom. I'm going to be doing referrals and, and other things, but I'm going to be living in the classrooms. It's just going to be a bunch of classrooms instead of my own. Dude, I'll tell you what, man, just to kind of jump in on that one. Like, that's the thing. Like, so many people are, I think, sometimes people think the answer because they're just, they're tired of teaching. They're going to jump into being a principal. And I think, man, then you should probably not do that job. You know, I think the best mm-hmm. principals are the ones that don't want to leave the classroom, but do because they have a vision and they want that vision to extend beyond their classroom and they want to change full schools and they want it. You know, and they have these great ideas. And I think that's what makes the best school leaders. You know what I mean? And you're right, yep. man. You're, when you leave the classroom, you're leaving in a lot of cases. If you're, if you're doing things right, you're leaving the laughter. You're leaving the excitement and the hype. And you're going and you're dealing with a lot of things that people don't see and realize. But that have to be done in order to run an effective school. Yeah. And, and the one thing, you know, I, I feel like I'm a you know, health and PE teacher. And, you know, I'll get a class of 35 to 40. And so times five, you know, that's as many kids as I kind of hit on every day. But if I'm, you know, a school leader, I got a whole building. I got a whole building of kids and adults that I can, you know, spend all my time with. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to when that journey starts. That's exciting, man. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate it, man. So let's kind of get into a couple of things. Um, How did you get into keynote speaking? I mean, you know, you're passionate about education, but tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah. Great question, man. Like, honestly, what it comes down to is this, like I kind of wrote a section of my book where I was like, I have a why not mentality to life, you know, and, and by Mm -hmm. that, I'm going to just kind of extend on that, you know, why not mentality, meaning like, why not chase your dreams? Why not chase your goals? Why not, you know, kind of a better phrase or terminology, why not challenge the status quo um, in your life or whatever? So, you know, I've always had this dream of writing a book um, and I love teaching in the classroom and just taking things to, as I always say, to the next level, you know, just doing things a bit differently. And, you know, for, uh, for a long time, I was thinking, you know what, man, I really enjoy talking with kids, hyping kids up. And, and I definitely, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and claim I'm the best teacher. I'm not going to, I'm not even the best teacher in my school, man. We are stacked with great teachers. <laughs> now what? My wife's a third grade teacher, man. I'm telling you what, she, she's better than me. You know, she just got like the highest scores in her school's history um, two years ago, which was their last ago in math, the highest ever. So I'm not even the best teacher in my house, dude. So <laughs> that's the crazy thing. But you know what it is? It's, you know, I just, there's certain things that I love to talk about and I am good at, and that's building an amazing classroom culture and, and influencing schools. And, and not that I'm best at it, but I, you know, I just had a lot of things to say. So, um, 
sure enough, one of the amazing uh, speakers out there, uh, PC Rocks, as I like to call him. He's a good friend of mine. He's, he's involved in Justin's Renaissance. He uh, actually was in the area in Virginia, Northern Virginia, speaking. And at this point, I'd already probably spoken once or twice to like, you know, to students, like student motivational thing. But mm-hmm. uh, PC shows up in my classroom and, you know, he has got his bandana on and he's, you know, he's checking out our school talk. He says, hey, man, this guy wants to see your class. And here I was in action. And I said, yeah, bring him in. And so we just got connected. Next thing I know, um, I'm, and I'm, I'm doing a breakout session in the middle of July uh, at Johnson's Science National Conference down in Florida. And yeah. I'm there and I was lucky enough to, you know, out session i've heard a lot of stories of people that are like you know they got five people or 10 people or 20 people and i was lucky enough to have like 150 it was a big oh, little God. yeah dude it was crazy it was a big little room there and uh and i you know i i i basically stood up and and as i always do i'm just be as real as i can be as honest as i can be i'm not gonna stand up and be like hey i you know i'm the best speaker all i all i do is practice speaking no i'm a teacher who loves to teach and i'm gonna tell you and I'm going to say, this is what I do well. And this is, you know, these are some things you can implement in your classroom. And you can, I'm just going to be as honest and real as I can be. And honestly, man, like a week later, I got phone calls from superintendents that happened to be in the room. They're like, hey, can you come speak at our school? Hey, can you come speak at our school? Very cool. And I just kind of, yeah, man, it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, I had people reaching out on social media saying, hey, would you come speak at my school? And I said, absolutely, I will. And, you know, it just kind of grew from there. So it's, it's about as authentic as it gets, you know, I'd say. You know, I just up and said, Hey, I'm a teacher. I'm, I, you know, it's the real deal, man. I'm not standing up saying you should do this in your classroom. And I'm just a professional speaker. Like I'm a teacher by trade. I'm a teacher by choice. And I love what I do. And I let my passion pour out in my classroom and my passion pour out on, on the stage. And, you know, people, you know, people, people like it. So I'm going to keep doing it until people say they don't. <laughs> <laughs> when well, is, is that, is that uh Justin's conference, the one that kind of just gets retweeted a bunch I always see it up and down my stream where you're talking about, you know, if your daughter was sitting in the front row of class, oh. that's how you want to, is, was it that, was it that? No, that one, no, that one came shortly after that was one okay. of the, you know, I got a phone call from a principal that said, Hey, come speak in my classroom. And, and yeah, that, that, that one was just, that was one of my first ever speeches. And honestly, the funny thing about it is like when I, my, my big thing is like, you know, as I always say, man, teach like it's your kid in the front row, front row, mm-hmm. back row, side row, out in the hallway, up in the football stands, man, like treat every kid like it's your kid. And it kind of changes your platform and how you respond to kids um, in situations where they do something wrong and they goof up maybe, or they, you know, interrupt you in class or how you respond to a kid who struggled on the test or how you teach, you know, it changes the whole ball game. And so one, one thing that I've taken from you, man, is I love a lot of the videos you put up because as I tell teachers in my school, some of the best PL and PD is in your building and online. Like you can just go watch something and craft it to your class. And so how did you come up with the Tower of Terror game that you do with your kids with the note cards and the cups? <laughs> Dude, that's the, so here's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter kind of what you're doing. Like, you can always just, like, look out there and find something cool. And the funny thing about it was when it comes to the beginning of the school year, you know, there's this huge influx of, like, people aren't really sure what to do the first day, first couple days, first week. Because, you know, you got to get, you get your classroom routines and stuff set up, and at the same time you want to – you know, you want to build relationships with your kids. And I thought, you know what, man, like what I'm going to do is I want to come up with something or I want to find something that I can go through and do all those things, but I can, I can build relationships in a way where I still, you know, I don't want to kind of, I don't want to the very first day or we kind of come over the top. And then my kids are like, Oh yeah, this guy's, you know, 
he'll be an easy teacher. We can walk all over him. That's not what you want as a teacher, right? But, you know, there's kind of a fine line there. So I was like, man, what can I find? Well, come to find out, man, my wife had some great ideas. She's like, you know, I just saw this picture of this thing. And she's like, you use like red cups. And then it looks like there's a note card on the inside. And literally, man, like that. And there was a couple of other things I did where I was using like um, red solo cups and, and yarn. And I had red solo cups, yarn, and like some rubber bands. And this was stuff that came from my wife's third grade classroom, man. Like, she found it, like, before, and then she used it, and she manipulated it in a way that was cool for her class, and then she told me what, you know, kind of what she does, and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to take those ideas and use it in my class. And literally, like, it was one of those things where I used it as an opportunity for whether it was a cooperative learning thing, that was the one with the yarn, where I had kids that were afraid to talk to each other, next thing you know, they're working together trying to build cups by using yarn and pulling on the yarn to expand the rubber bands and then go around the cups and then build a tower. And then, and then of course, at the end of uh, each day for like a week, I played a game like as you, as you just had mentioned tower tear, where it was literally, you know, the red solo cup sitting on top of note cards stacked like four high and you pull the note cards out and it was literally just going out and searching like the internet. I think my wife just looked for some cool activities that she could use. And then we just manipulated them that worked for her kids. And then it worked for my kids. It was really that simple, man. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I obviously stole it and used it with my kids and my kids went nuts. And after I did an activity like that, you know, I'm big into team building. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they get sick of when I use the term team building, but when there's like a little added competition in there, they yes. were all for it. So, dude, and that's what it's all about, man. Like, like, you know, kind of going back to this idea of next level teaching, like, again, I'm going to keep saying this to everyone I ever talk to, like, next level teaching is not like, I'm a better teacher than you, and this is what I do, and like, build rocket ships, and I'm going to I'm gonna give you stuff that only I created. No, man, next level teaching is like, look at what you're doing, and how can you make it cooler and better? And for me, and you can take it from anybody, it doesn't matter who you get it from, you get it from online, get it from Pinterest, doesn't matter. You know, or you could you could see it from uh, you know someone on Instagram or Twitter, and then you just fit it to your classroom and find a way to make it cool, man. You throw some note cards and cups on a table and say, "Let's make a competition." Next thing you know, you got kids all fired up about being in school. And you know what the greatest thing about it is? Is now you have kids that are excited to come to class the very next day because they know something's just a little bit different about this classroom. Something's a little bit different about this teacher. And you know what? When, it, when push comes to shove and maybe you got to teach something down the road that's a little boring and a little dry, they're gonna because we all know in every classroom and every mm-hmm. content you get to that part, right? But they're willing to listen and they're willing to do their stuff because they know that this classroom is neat. It's just different. And the more and more you look out there and find stuff like that, that it's just a little bit cooler and i'm telling you man you get kids all fired up when it comes to competition man you can you can get you can have you can try a lot of things and kids don't get fired up about a lot of things but all of a sudden you say okay we're gonna do teams versus teams or class versus class or teacher versus student or student versus student and you know once you have the conversation about what good competition is and bad competition how you should respond and how you should treat each other and all that good stuff once you've had that all of a sudden then when kids know how to respond the right way competition can be one of the best and I, in my opinion, underutilized tools in education to get kids fired up and love school. Absolutely. And and another thing that I, I'm going to steal from you, um, I'm a virtual coordinator for summer school this year. And yeah. I, I'm going to take what I t- saw on your Twitter was you did a game where you asked, I guess, your daughter a question. And, <laughs> and then you yeah. recorded the video. And I guess yeah. you already had the answer written down. But the kids tried to your, – your students – tried to answer the questions faster than your daughter and you they don't even know that they're not really competing against her but just just right. to connect with you to see your home to see you're bringing in your family like that's next level covid teaching i mean it's well, it's remarkable 100 man 
100 percent the fun thing about that was like and the thing is like i actually use that in my classroom so i took an idea that i used in my classroom and i was just like you know as i've said before like you know just because you're home doing stuff again you can't make everything awesome and fun every second you know there's times where on my distance learning there's a reflection or there's a, a writing post or there's this or there's that but i wanted my kids to have a little taste of mr alzheimer's class because that's what we've done all year that's what they're mm -hmm. used to you know what i mean and so we've done games where it's like okay you're in your table teams again cooperative learning building relationships with each other and all that stuff and uh maybe they've done a reading or maybe maybe it's a review game or maybe it's based on the you know, uh, not the homework assignment, but like your exit ticket from the day before, something like that. And, um, okay, I'm going to ask a question, and then whatever table gets it right gets two points. The fastest table gets the two points, and then if any, every table, you know, gets it within a certain time limit, it's one point. Like, you can do these little things that just amp up what you're doing and get kids excited about learning. And in this case, it was literally, yeah, I used iMovie. I did some recording of myself teaching a lesson. And, uh, and then I did a recording of me asking questions. And of course I had, you know, I, I cut the video. So Adley of course knew the answer. Cause of course, if you're asking world war two questions, what seven year old is going to know the answer, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was a way to make it fun. It was a way to make it cool for my class. And it's that simple, man. It's just going out of your way just a little bit and thinking like, okay, I could ask these questions and have kids just fill in some worksheet or I could make it a little bit different. And that's all it is, man. Yeah. And, and do you have any other ideas, you know, God forbid we start virtual you know, this upcoming school year, do you have any ideas of things teachers should do to, to really get that year started right for their kids? Yeah, dude, honestly, it comes down to this. Like, it depends on what, it kind of depends on what each school is doing because every school is so different. The platforms they're using is so different. So before I answer your question to its fullest, I'm going to say just do the best you can and don't over, you know, don't, 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 um, put yourself in a situation where you're so stressed out because you got to do X, Y, or Z, like just, just do the best you can. But I would say, depending on what you're doing, try to find a way to incorporate, you know, you can still tie in competitions when you're doing virtual learning. You know, you can, you can have one class versus another teacher's class. If it's um, math related or if it's this or if it's that, you can have kids using Flipgrid to post videos of responses and, and you can have, you can set up like your own little game doing stuff like that. Um, you know, there's, you know, I'm, to be honest with you, man, there's, there's so many different ways that you can incorporate fun and, and games into this stuff. And of course, when you're talking distance learning, it's certainly not going to be perfect because it's mm. not something we're used to. And sometimes what that means, dude, is that means stepping out of your comfort zone. Like myself, you know, I am a huge people person. I love getting in front of people and, and talking education. I love getting in front of classes. I love getting in front of, it doesn't matter what class it is, man. I could walk into, I could be subbing in, in a Spanish class. I don't even know Spanish, but I can <laughs> have fun with, and I've done this, man. Like I've had fun with the kids where I said, okay, what's the last stuff you were doing in Spanish class? And next thing you know, they're teaching me Spanish and they're having fun doing it and they're learning. And I don't even, I was just there for the day because they didn't have a sub for that block or whatever. And yep. I was just trying to help out. Well, those kinds of things can still happen with distance learning. And what, and with that, one thing I am not is I'm not a great tech guy. I am not the type of guy who knows everything about all, all the different platforms and all that different stuff. Like, honestly, I had to go through a really extensive, basically like a boot camp for the platform we're going to use so that I'm ready. You know what I mean? Yep. But with that being said, any teacher and any administrator can go out there and try to learn a new platform and try to try to search up other technology. And, and as you said before, it's just as simple as getting online, maybe chatting with some people, maybe sending some DMs on Twitter and saying, hey, what are you guys doing? What are you using? But but there's always an option out there to try and amp it up and make it a little bit different. And honestly, like, you know, what we do in September, 
you know, if we, if we are distance learning through the entire fall, what you do in September, I bet you it's just like your teaching career. When, I bet when you walk back and you look at your old, you know, your first year, your second year, you're like, man, what, what, what was I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so much better now. I'll tell you what, distance learning is going to be no different. What we did in the spring, we're going to be looking at going, why did I do that? That was horrible. I'm going to change it in September. And wow, I'm so much better. And I bet in November, we're going to be looking at September going, wow, look at how much better I am already. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's just getting out there and trying to educate yourself on what what's good for your kids. You know your kids and you know your demographics and you know what your kids have or don't have better than I do. You know what I mean? But it's just getting out there and pushing a little bit and trying to find something just a little bit different, a little bit cool to try and make your classroom just a little bit more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to, you know, kind of dive into the book now. What I love, absolutely loved about Next Level Teaching is, you know, it's your passion. You know, it's not one of those education books where it's like, here's the the 15 steps for this and and here are these things, which I, I love those books. Don't get me wrong. But what right. I liked about yours was it was it just it just kind of motivated you. It just kind of relit the spark inside of you. If it went out or if your spark was burning, it just added more fuel um, to that fire. And my biggest takeaway um, was in one of your chapters, you said conversations are about life, are opportunities we as educators must take hold of and use to positively influence the culture of our classrooms and schools. And if, if you can do that, your school is going to be a powerful place. Absolutely, man. Like, I'll say this, man. Like, you're right. My book is not one of those X and X's and O's about classrooms. My book is literally my philosophies on education. My book is a combination of that plus I want to hype you up and get you to love what you're doing again because it doesn't matter if you're the best teacher or the worst teacher on the planet. It doesn't matter how cool your social media is. At the end of the day, every single person out there has gone through at least a day during the school year where they're like, I don't know if I want to go to school tomorrow. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And everybody needs that pick-me-up. So that's why I wrote the book, man, as a straight-up fire to light teachers up and have them so excited to walk back into the classroom and realize that it's okay to feel like you're a little bit down in the dumps on Monday as long as you are willing to come into the school building and bring it on Tuesday and, to, and try to give them lots of ideas to use. And, um, and one of those ideas, honestly, like as you just mentioned, man, it's those conversations. They're key. They're key. They're key in your classroom. And, the, and then the, if you can pull together as a school or as a grade level, those conversations are key as it relates to changing the entire school building. You know what I mean? You're setting the tone. You're setting the tone. And you're and, and honestly, those conversations, um, it could be conversations about successes. It could be conversations about things that were tough for you. And what you're doing is you're re you're making yourself relatable to the students in a way that's just a little bit different because they're so used to walking into a classroom, man. Think about it when you went to school and I went to school, you know, mm -hmm. when we went to school, man, it was like, open up your books to this page. Let's read this out loud. Okay. Now we're going to do this on the board. Like when you start having conversations, you're making your life relatable to their life. Now they have a reason to listen to you. It's like that. It's like that famous quote where people where kids don't want to learn from teachers they don't like well what you're doing is you're making you're making you, i'm not saying you, you're trying to be friends with anybody that's not what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. but what you're doing is you're opening up the door to show a kid who would normally say why do i need to i don't want to learn from you like and it doesn't matter like you could have a kid who's you know comes from the best background on the planet but they don't they for whatever reason like they don't want to learn from you you know, they, they like that teacher over there. Well, now you're opening up a door where you can connect with them. Or maybe you have a kid who's like, I don't want to focus on history or math because my mom's dying of cancer. 
And then all of a sudden, when I start having the conversation with my class, which I have, when my mom was uh, dying of cancer, she found out she was terminal, called me, and I, I have a whole story behind that in the book. Yeah. But Ooh. all of a sudden, I start, I have those conversations with my class, and it's not a woe is me thing, but it's a life lessons thing. And then my kids can relate to me on a way that they've never related or maybe have never thought of relating to a teacher before because they see us as just these adults that apparently have perfect lives, you know, but, and again, it's not, and it's not having these conversations in a way where you're trying to woe is me, or you're trying to make yourself look good. Every time you do that, you should think ahead of time. Like if you have something pressing on your heart with that, you want to have conversations with some kids, it's got to have some sort of purpose and it's got to have some sort of, you're trying to get a result out of it. And it's got to be lessons where you're teaching them something or you're trying to teach them character. You're trying to teach them work ethic, whatever it is. But when you do that, you tie in your own stories, man. It just makes it so much more relatable. Well, and that, that's one thing I, you know, I learned after a couple of years of teaching, I would, I would try to keep my, my home life just completely private. And my kids thought I was just dry. And so, and you know, you start talking about, your life. You know, you talk about, Hey, I went on this five mile run and God, I didn't think I could do three miles, but I kind of felt like I got cruise control at three. So I did five and the kid's like, Oh wow. Calder's like different, you know, like he's talking to us. And so, you know, having those conversations, whether they're difficult or inspiring or just opening up like a book for your kids really helps create that family environment that I found. 100%, 100%. And it's a, and it's a thing that most people, again, like when I wrote my book, it was this idea of like, these are the things I wish I knew when I walked out of the the college classroom and into a school classroom to teach. Uh I wish I knew these things. And that was something that I think most teachers think that they, it's, it's like, oh, it's not professional to talk about my life. Well, it's not professional to talk about some things. Yes. But when you're talking about like, as you relate to a, a five mile run, I remember my father, I had my father as a teacher, one of the best teachers I ever had was my dad. And he, one time he was like, he set a goal in his own personal life to do a certain number of push ups consecutively. So for a long amount of time, he was training and training and training. And he didn't make that. He was a history teacher, just like I was, or just like I am. And he didn't make that the conversation every day, but he brought it up one day with our class and the other classes. And next thing you know, kids were asking him about it and they were inquiring about it. And he turned it into, he turned it into, well, what kind of goals do you want to chase? And then kids are writing down their goals. And of course, now they're listening to him and listening to, and they're working harder in the classroom because they're relating their life to his life. And now all of a sudden they're also working on a goal because their teachers try, he's trying to do a hundred pushups in a row. And like, how simple is that? And how, it almost sounds corny, but <laughs> the way it kind of brought the classroom together. And I've done that. I've done that in with workout related stuff and to meet kids that, you know, that to, to connect with some of my boys who love to work out. And I've done lots of other things to connect with kids. I talk about my two daughters all the time. Because my the female students that I have love that. They love that. They love to see pictures of my two youngest or my two girls. They love to see pictures and they love to learn about how my seven-year-old is learning how to read and, and all that stuff. And those things just draw your classroom together in a way that, you know, you, you maybe didn't know your first year in education or you never experienced it in your second or third year in education. But you start opening up that as an opportunity to use as a way to teach. Cause when I talk about Adley learning to read, like now she's a good reader, she's a great reader now, but when she first started to learn how to read, she number one, she hated it. Number two, it was difficult for, her. and I tied that into my classroom. I told that story to my class and I told that story to my kids. And I said, you know, you think my life is perfect. You think my family's life is perfect. Well, my daughter is struggling to learn how to read. And here I am as a teacher. 
And I said, and this is what we're doing. And she's, and then all of a sudden she became more motivated to learn how to read. And my, and my students are seeing this in my life. And then they're looking at their life and we have that conversation. And then all of a sudden they're like, man, I'm struggling a little bit in math. Well, if, if Mr. Alzheimer's daughter's struggling in reading and she's starting to pick it up because she's doing this, maybe I can do the same thing in math. And I have that conversation with my kids and it changes the way they think. Yeah. And that's a powerful tool in education that's beyond the textbook, but creates um, a better future for your, for your kids because you're opening up a door or a way of thinking that they've never thought of before. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what I love too. As I said, you know, once I started having those conversations, once I started opening up more like a book, I felt like I was relating to my students. They were relating to me. They were teaching me things. I was teaching them things. And it made me want to go to work even more every day because I just wanted to share something with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't that so funny, though? Like, we, it's so funny. And I openly say that with my kids, too. I'm like, you guys have taught me so much. And I'll, <laughs> sometimes I'll even go down the line. Like, I'll say stuff. And they're like, whoa, you 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 learned from me? And they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And then, man, you're just creating an environment in your classroom that's just a warm environment where kids feel safe and happy and they want to be there. And so do you as a teacher. It's so much more, like I said, than textbooks or facts on a page, man, or facts on the whiteboard. It's just a place where kids want to be. And if they want to be there, they're going to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what are some, what are some of your favorite books that you enjoy reading or you are currently reading um, right now? Because this, this season, season two of my podcast is coming out in the summer. So I'm trying to recommend you know, some different books or different things for my educators out there. What are some things that you've read that you've loved or, or things you're currently reading? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll name three books, um, all for different reasons. Uh, one is, you know, the kind of the infamous teach like a pirate by David, by Dave Burgess. Um, I love that book. It's got a lot of different tools that educators can use. Um, it made me rethink some of the things that I do even. Um, one of my favorite books that I was also, you know, I, I'm not going to say guest author. I wrote two small pieces, but I was but I was able to endorse the book was um, Relentless, which was written by Hamish Brewer. That book is just on fire in the world of education right now. And, and that kind of changes your approach to not only how you walk into your classrooms, you know, in terms of philosophies on education, but also how do you lead. And, of course, it's written more from a leader standpoint because, of course, he's a principal, but if you're a teacher, you're also the leader within your classroom. So how are you leading your classroom? How are you, how are you talking to your students? How are you leading your students? And those conversations are key. So that's a phenomenal book as well. So Relentless by Hamish Brewer. And then one book that I just started reading and I really like it because, and I, and I haven't gotten too far into it, but I'm really excited to continue reading it is um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And this isn't even an educational book. This is a man who was a Navy SEAL and he tells his life story and, um, and I, I love what, when he's writing, of course, you know, be careful cause there's some, there's some foul language and different <laughs> stuff in there, but, but, but it's a big motivational thing. It's about, um, attacking the things in your life that you want to, that you want to change. It's about stop making, you know, stop making excuses for, for certain things that haven't gone right in your life. And it's time to stand up and try to change and be, and be a better person or, or to be better for your family or be better professionally. And you can, and you can take what he's writing about his own life and the struggles he had to overcome and his stories that he's dealt, he's dealt with. And you can make that relatable to your own life. And you kind of change the, almost like change the story. So it's almost like you're reading, but you see yourself within the book. So it's a good book. Very cool. I'm going to check that out. I'm, I'm about to start culturized. Um, I'm going to get that on my next audible 
Um, I'm really looking forward to that one, but I'm going to have to add that one to my list of must reads. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that I would I would 100% encourage people to to take a look at and read. Again, you know, Navy Seal, you know, you can't go wrong with a with Navy Seals, uh, and so I, I've I've definitely enjoyed it. Very cool. Well, before we kind of wrap up the show, I had one question for you. You know, I'm reading the the opening of your book. It hooked me, and you know, you fought was it MMA, kickboxing? What what did you fight in? <laughs> It was uh, it was mixed martial arts, yeah, so, MMA. So you did MMA and you went skydiving. Yeah. Which one did you have the more butterflies in your stomach? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me just say this. I got to say this, man. Like I'm, I, I live my life with a why not. I've already said this a why not mentality, and and I, and I want to get to the end of my road and look back and go, man, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Not like things that I, you know, not not things that are stupid. Well, I mean, you might look at those things and say those are <laughs> like things that like, you know, bucket list type stuff. I want to live life. I want to feel like I'm living life. And I'll tell you what, between the two of those things, um, man, they are scary in their own way. Yeah. You know, I, w- I would probably say the skydiving um, simply because, you know, you're talking like if your shoot doesn't open, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. But and, and when I was and, and, and as I wrote in the book when I was skydiving, like they literally had me sit on the edge of the plane and, and you're almost like contemplating like, Oh my gosh, do I want to do this? But like, you have to do it cause you're right there on the edge of the plane. And if you, and, and in my case, the, if I exited the plane the wrong way, but it's a different with every skydiving situation. Some people jump out, some people are sitting and they, and they, and some people go out in different ways, depending, I assume on the plane that you're in, but they told me if you don't exit this way, there's a, you know, you could hit the end of the plane or this or that. And I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then when you're, when you're going, I mean, it is, but at the same time, as scary as it is, it's one of the most exhilarating things. And, and I would recommend that to anybody. It doesn't matter how scared you are, go skydiving. It's unbelievable. You'll re like, I think like you almost like rethink like things in your life when you're about to go on the plane and do that stuff. It's so cool. And then with the mixed martial arts stuff, man, that was just a, that was just a dream. I've always, you know, I've trained MMA. I, I love MMA and I've always wanted to do it. My wife said, you got one fight. And, you know, I, as I explained in the book, I not only got a fight, but I ended up fighting for the belt against a two time champion with like 16 fights. I had zero fights. I hadn't been, you know, training that long for that particular event. And, you know, I remember when they shut the cage door behind me, it was like, okay, this is real now. Let's go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a whole nother ball game. It's definitely, you definitely have butterflies in your stomach, but you know, I, it's like with anything you're doing in your life, I've gone whitewater rafting. I've climbed mountains. Like I've done all these different things and you know, it's, you almost have to put yourself in a mindset where you are ready to go. It's game time and you want to do it because you want to be able to say, man, I did that. So you put yourself in a mindset where it's almost not as scary as it probably would be if you just got off the couch and did it. Yeah. And, and my wife comes home from work yesterday. I actually pulled your fight up on YouTube on the TV and she's like, there's sports on right now. There's an MMA fight. And I was like, oh no, this is the guy I'm interviewing for the podcast tomorrow. And she's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I actually use that to have conversations with my students that some of them are the toughest students I've had that just listen and, and get in some trouble. But the next thing you know, when I'm talking mixed martial arts, they're like, wait, you fought in a cage? And I'm like, yeah. And I don't talk about the, I don't talk, I don't advertise fighting. Matter of fact, I've never had a fight in my whole life. Never. And I tell kids like, you know, if you're fighting, if you're going out in the street and fighting, it's because you feel like you have to prove something to somebody. Maybe you feel like you have to prove it to yourself. 
And and then if you you know if you talk to anybody who's ever trained in mixed martial arts, it's about the dedication to the sport. It's about um, the discipline, self discipline. And they always say if you're training, you're not fighting elsewhere. You're not fighting. You're not doing it to fight. You're doing it so that you feel self confident. And I talk about self confidence, and I talk about you know. Um, the physicality behind it and I talk about training and all of a sudden these kids are locked in so it's funny I actually I have I feel like I have a superpower and that's this my superpower is I might not be good at any I might not be good at everything but there's one thing I'm very good at and I can take almost anything that I've ever done and relate it to school and relate it to life in a way that pulls kids in so I know some people are like oh my gosh you're you you fought you're a fighter and they think that's so bad no, I actually pull that in and I have conversations with my kids about how it's important not to fight and, and how it's important to be self-disciplined and have self-confidence. And, you know, I challenge my young men to do, to act, to, to in my opinion, act like the way young men should be acting. And that's, you know, uh, stand up for, for people that are being bullied and to, and to treat people with respect and to help out their mom when she's carrying the groceries in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. So it's amazing how you can do those things, but it's so valuable. And yes, they're both very scary. <laughs> well, that's great insight. And I know you got to run. Um, this is the time of the show where you can give any shout outs out there to anybody um, at Fred Lynn or, or whomever. Do you have any shout outs you want to give? I got to say this, man. I'm just going to shout out the entire Fred Lynn community and Fred Lynn staff. Like what we've done at that school, changing the school around, the school culture, Hamish Brewer, what he's done, the amazing administrators that we have and the great teachers, man. I'll tell you what, like, it's amazing to walk down the hallways and see people just trying new things and trying to make education fun in school. And it's amazing. I love the idea of bringing fun back to school and having student engagement, bringing student engagement back to school. It's not just handing out some worksheets. It's not, you know, just flicking on some video and saying, here you go. It's, you know, there's a time and place for everything and not every day can be exciting and crazy and fun. But you know what I mean? Having teachers that are just over the top to make the school the best they can make the school. And I just absolutely love it. And I love to be a part of it. Well, I got to give a shout out to you for coming on Staffly Spilling the Tea, Spilling the Tea on, you know, your book, your insight, your passion. Thank you so much, uh, Jonathan Alzheimer author of Next Level Teaching. I just want to thank you, man. Appreciate you, brother. And there you have it, another episode of Staffalty Spilling the Tea. If you like what you heard today, share it with one of your education besties and tag me and tag them in your post. And if you do that, you will have a chance to win a copy of Next Level Teaching for yourself and the person you're sharing the episode with. As always, it's been real. It's been fun. Peace.